0: Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The word for this transfiguration of our Lord comes from Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 through 35. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the elders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he had commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. The transfiguration of our Lord is definitely one of my favorite accounts in scripture. It kind of seems like a bizarre event when taken on its own. Just imagine, you see Jesus transformed in front of you, radiating with white light like lightning. His clothes become whiter than any bleacher on earth could bleach them. In other words, his clothes were impossibly white. His garments were cleaned in such a way that no human being could clean them. On a surface level, the transfiguration of our Lord seems like something out of a comic book. The whole incident sounds like an amazing spectacle to behold. Jesus might have appeared like some kind of superhero wearing a super suit made out of pure light, but there's more to it than that. The transfiguration of our Lord means something. It was a significant event that revealed something profound about who Jesus is and what he came to do. The word transfiguration itself simply means that Jesus changed forms trans to change and figure for figure or form in greek the word is metamorphosized but today we might use the word transformed it's a strange thing to consider if you saw a man transform in front of you to begin shining like the sun you could tell that there is something quite special about him without any greater context you might come to all sorts of wacky conclusions You might suppose him to be a space alien or the product of some top-secret government experiment. You may have heard such things on the History Channel. But maybe you would also think that he's the next step of human evolution, like some kind of X-Man. But, if you know the Old Testament, it all makes perfect sense. You would know what you're looking at. That's what God's Word does for us. It reveals the truth to us so that we don't chase after man-made idols and human imaginations and sort of the fancies that were fed on TV. Back when God called his people out of slavery, he brought them to Mount Sinai to hear his word and to receive his covenant. In those days, the Lord came down from heaven to dwell on the top of that mountain in thick, dark cloud of smoke. The Lord appeared like a bright, consuming fire, like the sun come down to earth. The smoke that covered the mountain functioned as a veil of sorts to protect the people from the holy light of God's presence. Moses then would go up the mountain to speak with the Lord. He disappeared into that cloud and thus passed through the veil into the nearer presence of God. When he came out of the cloud and back down the mountain with the stone tablets of the law in his hands, his face shone like the sun because he was talking with God. The holy light of the Lord had somehow rubbed off on him. If God was like the sun, radiating his own light as the source, then Moses was like the moon, which merely reflects the light of the sun. As you might imagine, when people saw that Moses' skin was shining, they were afraid. They didn't know what to make of it. They might have wondered what had happened to him, and they were afraid to come near him. Perhaps they thought he was contagious. But Moses called his brother Aaron and the leaders of the people and spoke with them first, and then all the people came near to him. He told them everything that the Lord had commanded them from Mount Sinai. And when he was done speaking to the people, he put a veil over his face until he went up the mountain to speak to the Lord again. When he spoke with the lord on the mountain he unveiled his face so that the israelites would see his face shining when he spoke god's word to them that's what he did for as long as they were encamped there at the foot of the mountain moses kept his face hidden behind a veil when he was not speaking to god or bringing his word to the people it sounds kind of like a weird story what on earth is going on and why did he veil his face Moses was the mediator between God and man for a long time. As he was doing that task of going up and down the mountain and bringing God's word to the people, he made it a point that people should see the holiness of God reflected in his face whenever he spoke to them. When they saw the face of Moses, they were to see the face of God. When they heard Moses' voice... They were to hear God's word. But Moses was not the permanent image or voice of God. His shining skin did not last, and they did not remain at that mountain forever. Moses was kind of like one of those glow-in-the-dark stars that kids put on the ceiling of their bedroom. It absorbs light and 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 glows in the dark, but the effect wears off. So also God's face would shine when he would come down from the mountain to speak God's word to the people, but eventually that shine wore off and his skin would return to normal. By covering his face when he was not delivering the covenant to the people, he kept the word of the covenant distinct and set apart from his own words. He he preserved the sanctity of his office by veiling himself. Think about it this way. What if Moses hadn't veiled his face? Suppose Moses was talking with God on the mountain on a Saturday. He stays the night up there and comes down the next morning on Sunday. Beaming with a holy light, he tells you what God has to say. You listen intently and marvel at how his face shines. What a holy and special experience that would be. After a few hours, he's done talking and someone... And everyone goes back to their tents. Later that evening, you pass Moses in the dining tent and notice that he's still glowing, but clearly not as much as he was before. Later, you see him walking past and wonder even if he's glowing at all. Maybe he is, but it's dim. That next morning, before sunrise, you see Moses coming out of the latrines and notice that he's definitely not glowing. The next day, he goes up the mountain again to speak with the Lord, and when he comes down, the same thing. He glows brightly when he speaks the word of God, but eventually the light dims and fades away. Sooner or later, the people might have come to the conclusion that God's word spoke from Sinai was temporary, like the glow in Moses' face. By covering his face, Moses hid away his own weakness and mortal nature so that the word of God would not be diminished in the eyes of the people. Moses understood how vital it was that for as long as they were encamped at the mountain, the people should only see the glory of God in his face. In the epistle reading for today, Paul explains that Moses would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. What is this? something was coming to an end. Both the light in Moses' face and the covenant that he mediated would come to an end. Neither would end because of some fault in God's word or the commandments that he gave, but because Moses was imperfect. And the people constantly broke the covenant and chased after all kinds of sin and false gods. The light that radiated from Moses' face and the stone tablets that he carried all pointed to something greater whereby we may enter into a relationship with the Lord Almighty. Paul tells us, For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ it is taken away. Yes, Paul writes, To this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord Jesus, the veil is removed. Moses wore a veil to hide what was perishing, both in terms of his glorious glow and in terms of the covenant that he was officiating. But when the veil was removed, the people saw the spirit of the Lord shining through Moses. Moses hid his face so that the people would see the light of Jesus only shining through him when he spoke God's words. He had to cover up his own weakness and mortality. When Peter, James, and John saw Jesus standing there transfigured before their eyes, they saw the source of what illuminated Moses and the prophets. In fact, they saw Moses and Elijah, the prophet, standing with Jesus on that mount of transfiguration. The transfiguration of our Lord seems like a strange kind of story when we hear it at first on its own. It's hard for us to know what to make of it. It seems like a wrinkle in time where people and events of the past were brought to the present. But I think the disciples had a good idea of what they were seeing. The sight was reminiscent of the stories that they had heard their whole lives. They were seeing what Moses saw when he spoke to God on Mount Sinai. That's why Peter asked, "Should I build Should we build three tents? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah?" All the people were living in tents when Moses went up the mountain. Peter wrongly, but understandably, thought that they were back at Sinai and they were all going to be there for a while. But just then, a cloud overshadowed them, like it did back when they were on the mountain at Sinai. But a voice came from this cloud, and it said, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. In this sinful flesh we are behind a veil, but in Christ the veil is lifted. We see him only. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed that's the same word as transfigured, into the same image from degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Spirit, from the Lord who is Spirit. You are united to Christ in in the Holy Spirit. By water and the Word, you are being transformed, transfigured into the image as Moses was transfigured into the shining image of Christ. And so what Paul is telling us is that the transfiguration of our Lord isn't just some cool thing that happened to Jesus once a long time ago on a mountain somewhere. It's something that's happening to you. Through Jesus, you are being transformed and transfigured into into his own image. But how are you being transformed? It's by putting on Christ. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit who is one with the Son. He clothes you with his own righteousness and glory. That's why Mark makes it a point to describe Jesus' clothing. It's because Jesus covers you like he covered Moses with light when he va- when the veil was lifted. The scripture tells us that in baptism you have put on Christ. You wear his righteousness like a robe that has been made with that has been made white in the blood of the lamb. You are the saints, the holy ones, shining like the sun. But it's not about you or me at all. The transfiguration of our Lord is about Jesus, of course. We marvel at the light that he shines on us and the whole world, and we listen to his voice. But the transfiguration of our Lord isn't just some cool thing that happened this one time in the Bible. It's an indication of a transfiguration and a transformation that's promised to you. Jesus commanded his disciples not to tell anyone what, he, what they had seen until after he had risen from the dead. And though they did not understand at the time, you do. You know exactly what Jesus was talking about. Jesus rose from the dead to raise you up too. He didn't just raise for himself, but it was for you. He was transfigured also so that you would be transformed. All that Jesus does is much more than a cool story written for our amusement. Rather, he changes us. He forgives us, renews us, and heals us, so that when you know Jesus, your face, like Moses, would also shine with the light of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glazier Road, Onway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you.